Good afternoon. I'm Dr. Amy Denoyles from UCF Center for Distributed Learning, and I'd like to welcome you to Extending the Efficacy of the Learning Management System, Integrating Tools to Enhance Learning Online, part of UCF's Faculty Seminars in Online Teaching. So our intention in each of these 30-minute seminars is to give just a brief treatment of a topic relevant to online teaching. So this isn't intended to be a comprehensive workshop where you're going to learn about each tool in, in succession. Rather, our aim is to connect our participants with resources that can be followed up on. Um, so I'd like to acknowledge the participants on site with us here at Center for Distributed Learning at UCF, as well as those participating online via Adobe Connect. We have a great diverse group online, I see. Uh, for the face-to-face -face folks, if you have questions, please hold them until the end. We will have a Q&A period. Our online participants are in good hands with Dr. Beth Nettles as the online moderator and Jonathan Pizzo ensuring technical quality. Face-to-face uh, -face group, you have feed a feedback form in front of you. We would really appreciate if you would fill that out before you leave. The online folks, you're going to see a web link called Feedback Form. We would love to hear from you as well at the end. So please join me now in welcoming today's speakers, Dr. Amanda Groff and John Rabel. Thank you, everyone. Um, just to look at our poll question real quick from our online audience, uh, we've got a great diverse group between uh, very little familiarity to, um, you know, I, I've used them, I've used a few of them and, and one or two advanced power users. For our face-to-face -face audience, just to show of hands, who, who doesn't have any familiarity with what we're talking about today? Okay, everybody's, everybody's got some level of familiarity. Who has never used one? Okay, we got one. Used a few of them. Okay, we got about four. And then I'm a power user. I use every single one that I can. Nobody. Okay, so we've got, we've got a, a great diverse group today. So what we're going to do, like Amy said, is we're going to cover... Um, we're going to cover the, the topic, we're going to give you resources, and to foster the conversation uh, going forward. So let's go ahead and start. Okay. As Amy said, this is our, our presentation title for our faculty seminar on online teaching. And then, um, so we're just going to go over, uh, do a brief overview. We're going to talk about examples at UCF. Uh, then I'll turn it over to um, Dr. Amanda Groff. She'll talk about her specific experience using uh, integrations and LTIs at UCF, and uh, of course, our list of resources going forward. So, I like to I like this quote: um, "Technology is anything that wasn't around when you were born." Uh, Alan Kay, um, very noted computer scientist, um, developed. Um, Graphic help on the graphical user interface. That's I use that in my class. I teach it technology for educators here at UCF as an adjunct, and I teach online. And I love that quote because it's ever evolving, and it kind of puts you in that perspective. Um, because in my classes, I teach multi-generational. It's not your traditional college student. I get traditional. I've got transfers. I've got. I've had uh, somebody. Uh, uh, collecting Social Security, taking my class. So a variety of uh, different experiences. So so that we have a common framework 
uh, back in the 1990s uh, is when this term learning management system was coined. Um, here at UCF, we used uh, an early version. It was called WebCT, which stood for Web Classroom Tools. So if you thought about the 90s, everything was kind of disjointed. And the concept around an LMS was putting everything together in one place for the students. You're creating this walled garden, this safe space for students online to experience um, a learning environment. And then now it's, you know, if you did this study um, back in the, the 90s, the number would have been through the floor. But now it's seen as one of these critical systems on campus. If it ever goes down, everybody's up in arms, um, faculty and students. And then now um, some of the literature out there talks about what's next. We had Web 1.0 in the 90s. We had Web 2.0 in the 2000s. And then what's next in the 2010s and beyond in higher education? So uh, the next generation digital learning environment, what is it going to look like? So this is kind of setting the stage for why our topic is important today. Digital confederation of components like a smartphone. So if you, if you have a smartphone, it's made up of hardware, software, both provided by the vendor and then also applications. So it can do very specific tasks. It's got cameras. So it's that amalgamation of technology, of existing technologies put together. So that's good going to be the en entire concept of what we're going to talk about next. So it's, it's got that core functionality, but it can work with different things. Granted, now there are two major providers of the software, um, iOS and Android, and then the various uh, iterations of Android. So another example is an ebook application with a course syllabus, kind of a separate quizzing tool, all that can kind of share that information back and forth. So we're we're, we're looking at devices that can and platforms that can not only do multiple things, but can share information back and forth. So that's going to lead us uh, into our next slide, which is the Mr. Potato Head slide. So how many of you uh, in our face-to-face -face audience had a Mr. Potato Head? OK, awesome. So that was almost the entire room. So if you notice, there are four Mr. Potato Heads up there. Um, each one of them is a Mr. Potato Head, but as you can see, they're all different. Spider-Man, Darth Vader, Stormtrooper holding something, um, and then an actual potato as a head. So the whole concept of Mr. Potato Head, I think, is what we're going for. This is what we're looking for. Um, Mr. Potato Head, fun facts, actually started back into the 1950s, 1952 actually. Um, it was just a set. It was bring your own potato. It was actually developed to get uh, to get uh, I was going to call it students, but to get kids to actually eat their vegetables by putting a little fancy face on them. So being able to take those 28 individual pieces and amalgamate, create, synthesize, being able to do that—that's um, what the um, next generation learning environment is going to be. It's going to take those pieces. And it's going to have a core set. So it's like you have those core 28 pieces, and how can I arrange them? And then what new pieces can we bring to the puzzle? So you know, we use the term here at UCF, integrations. But behind the scenes, the technology is called LTIs, so learning tool interoperability. That's why we say integrations. It's a little easier to say than just LTI. So 
Uh, LTI is actually a standard. If you've heard of HTML, if you've heard of EPUB, um, those are a common set of standards for the um, that um, the IMS uh, Global Learning Consortium is actually maintained. So, that, hey, we're all playing by the same rules. We know how to share information back and forth. Um, that's going to be very easy in the learning management space. Of, of doing that with both uh, applications meant for learning and also applications meant for data. So being able to get the information in, get the information out the same way. So when you have a software developer that says, oh, okay, do you know LTIs? Do you know the LTI standard? You're saying, yes, okay, then I know how to interact with this program. I know how to interact with that program via their own APIs, which is a, has another set of standards as well. So it's kind of just saying, hey, can we all get together? Can we all agree on, on a set of standards? Um, so uh, integrations built for Canvas, which we call here at UCF Web Courses, uh, can work with Blackboard. It can work with Desire to Learn. So um, trying to make it as universal as possible. I just want to say a quick thing that here at UCF, we are a, a, a full member of the IMS Global uh, Learning Consortium. We actually hosted an event here about two weeks ago, a, a hackathon that we um, that we uh, we were um, hosted people from actually all around the world, kind of thinking about these LTIs, thinking about these integrations, brainstorming, and we're actually helped. Um, um, I think we actually uh, uh, we helped set some of the standards and provide leadership in this area. So when we talk about integrations or LTIs, we can, break, we can break them down into three different categories. First, you've got content. So it's like, how can I get content inside of the learning management system from another source? So we're talking about um, uh, video. We're talking about audio, text, um, an EPUB or an ebook, um, all those different types of content. Then we're talking about communication. So there's outside services. So one of the great things about the integrations is you don't have to recreate the wheel. So it's like one of the conversations that we've had with Instructure, who's the company that makes Canvas, is about what is the core functionality in Canvas? What does it have to be? Versus what's available from Amazon? What's available from uh, the federal government? What's available from another institution um, that can be utilized in the platform so there's not a lot of duplication of effort? So that's, that's a real big uh, shift from when uh, learning management systems first got started. So it's communication services, Twitter, um, Facebook, so on and so forth, integrating those social media platforms inside the learning management environment. And of course, we've got assessment. So I know, um, I know Amanda's favorite one is Quizlet, <laughs> based off of her own experiences. But... Uh, you know, something like Quizlet, some outside services, um, either through um, third-party providers such as Pearson, such as Cengage, Wiley, so on and so forth. Um, some of those can be practice. Some of those can be actual assessments. So we've got a wide range of integrations and also a wide range of, of who, who made them and what they integrate with. So for instance, uh, here at UCF, we built a few custom integrations, which we're going to talk about later on today, um, which ones are free and available. Um, so with Canvas, here you can go um, to settings, 
and go and we actually have a pre-built app store that you can go through and we've kind of screened them so it's like YouTube um, Twitter so on and so forth there's a list of them in there that you can just click on them and they're integrated in your course so being able to those are free um, for the most part except when you look at ones from publishers then then there's ones that integrate to a service that the student or the faculty member has to pay for so there's a few different levels so it's a little tricky um, actually getting started and, and thinking about okay what's going to to really work but um, hopefully these steps well I'm going to talk about uh, what we use here at UCF of course number one is YouTube YouTube's everywhere uh, Twitter is the next one the communication the library quick search that's one that's uh, custom made here at the institution um, so it's available to search um, all of the are most of the library holdings and embed them straight into your course instead of having to go out to the library site look something up and then copy and paste a long URL and paste it into your course so you can so you can go into your course search the library click I want this and it embeds right into your course students don't have any issues so integrations are going to make your life easier and also your students lives easier because they don't have to go out and find it and you don't have to go out and find it either it's all from like that central space working smarter not harder so Dropbox is another one for content kind of content sharing and of course Pearson my labs that's a third party um, so if you've ever used something like my Spanish lab my biology lab my accounting anything my insert your discipline here lab um, that's something that the students have to pay for um, that's a very uh, popular one here uh, on campus so some helpful steps for actually selecting an appropriate integration so first you want to start with your objectives so this kind of goes back to my role as an instructional designer I'm thinking about the instructional design process uh, this is kind of a variation of the Assure model. Uh, start with your learning objectives. What are you trying to do? And then you're going to search, okay, what's out there? Okay, maybe I didn't find anything out there. Then, um, then you talk uh, with your instructional designer or, or um, towards the end of the presentation, we'll talk about how to develop something custom here at UCF. Um, then you have to determine how to get it into the course. If it's a third-party provider one, then you have to talk to us because we're going to have to help you install it or if it's something already right there in the App Store something you can install uh, right then and there uh, and then this is this is the critical part is test it from the student perspective because if it's something that's going to be an assessment and for a grade you want to be able to be familiar with it and you want to um, not put the students in a high stakes process without being comfortable with the technology it is technology it's not hundred percent foolproof so um, so go in and test it um, from the student perspective uh, if it's content maybe it's not something super critical to your course but you it's important but if you're doing the assessments make sure that you're familiar with it and then also the the most important thing is collect feedback and that's something that um, Amanda's going to share with us uh, momentary collect feedback how did your students like it what could be improved um, you know was maybe there's some some social research in there in terms of what can I add to my course that's really going to 
measure my um, student learning outcomes, and then also improve grades and retention. So at this point, I am going to turn it over to Dr. Amanda Groff. Hey, um, thank you for the introduction. Like you said, I'm Amanda Groff. I'm actually an associate lecturer of anthropology here at UCF. And I've been teaching online here since 2008. And in those last nine years, I've seen lots of really cool tools come about and be applied to some of our online environments here at UCF. Now, when it comes to learning management and it comes to um, LTIs and integrative tools, I find that the benefit is twofold. There's a benefit for us as faculty, but also a benefit for the students. Now, as faculty, it helps us to expedite learning, which is incredibly important. And for the student, it helps to reduce their cognitive load. And what I mean by that, they're not really concerned with, oh my gosh, okay, I got to click here, I got to go here, I got to get to this, I got to do that. Instead, it's right there for them, it's easily accessible, and it gets them into the content of the course and actually thinking about the material, what they're supposed to be learning, rather than being concerned with how to get to it, like physically clicking on something. Um, so there's lots of benefits to using LTIs in your classes. So I'm going to spend a little bit of time covering with you about five or six of my favorite LTIs, uh, my favorite integrative tools that I use in my courses most frequently. The first one I want to talk about are library or is the library quick search tool. Now this is completely from your end. What you can do here is if you want the students to read an article or a particular journal, you can actually search for it and it will embed that directly into your course into a page. So for me, what's great is that in the assignment instructions, I don't have to say, I need you to go to the library page. Go log in, go to articles and databases, find this article. Inevitably, a student's going to come back and say to you, I can't find this. I don't know where you're telling me to go. This gets rid of that issue. It embeds exactly what you want them to read. Now, I don't use this tool in any way to kind of skip acquiring those research skills that we all need and want students to have. This is basically just for that quick article that you think is supplemental to a module. It's not taking away from any of those research developments that they need uh, you know, onwards through their undergrad and into their maybe even upper level courses. Next is Google Maps. Now, I teach archaeology. So everything in, that cl in the classes I teach are very much so relative to a spatial location. Now, this can go beyond just, you know, if you're teaching archaeology or maybe geology. Uh, I actually use it, and I know other faculty members as well, will use it to actually pinpoint where their office is located on campus. They'll put it in their syllabus because you do get students, what building are you in? How do I get there? Uh, I also use it in my syllabus to actually pinpoint where the classroom is as well. Um, to help students who might be unfamiliar with campus, it can actually geolocate the building helps them get someplace quicker. Now in courses, it's great because it's not a flat surface, right? Students aren't just, okay, this is where this is located. They can manipulate the maps. They can zoom out, they can zoom in, they can see basically where that location is relative to other locations. It gives them a good spatial understanding of the environment. Now what's great about it is it's super easy to embed. Um, just probably one of the more simple things that you can actually upload into a class and gives it this extra layer, this extra element. Um, to your courses. Now, like he said, <laughs> YouTube is by far the most popular. I like using YouTube LTI integrated tools to kind of break up text. 
So you might have a page that contains a, a lot of information, and that can be kind of daunting for some students. It looks overwhelming. It looks heavy. I use it to actually break up that text. So for example, from my human species course, I talk about primate calls. And what I do is I talk perhaps about a particular primate and what they do, and then I'll break it up and I'll throw in an embedded YouTube video so they can actually hear the sounds, hear the calls. Again, it, it taps into that tactile response that students are lacking being in an online course, not being in a face-to-face -face course. So I enjoy using YouTube. Now, another type of video platform that you can actually tap into with our integrative tools uh, through Canvas are TED Talks. I'm sure we've all heard of TED Talks, yes? They cover everything, not just anthropology. They cover pretty much every subject area. You can actually embed those directly. They come with transcripts. They come with closed captioning. Totally eliminates any issues you might have with accessibility. So speaking of accessibility, I'm going to tell you about my favorite LTI in the whole world. <laughs> and I have this man to thank for it. So let me just paint a little picture for you. Uh, I teach large online courses, and I usually teach four in a semester. Uh, the largest one I teach has around 300 online students. And in that particular class, because it's a GEP course, I get anywhere from 15 to 25 students who are registered with Student Accessibility Services. And some other campuses, for those who are listening, that might be Student Disability Services. Uh, this tool is essential for our productivity as faculty and being able to get students who are registered with that office into the course material quicker. So let me tell you, <laughs> John and I actually calculated it out. During the first week or two of the semester, we all get those letters, right, where they, we have to apply an extension. I think we calculated it out to around 1,200 to 1,400 clicks I would have to make to apply quiz extensions for all of those students in every single quiz in that one particular class. That is incredibly time-consuming. It was insane for a little while. It really did take away a lot from my first week and really did lower my productivity in the, in the semester for that, for that period of time. So what Quiz Extensions LTI has done is basically, have you guys seen it in your course menu? You click the button, and it opens this page for you. It populates your entire course, all of your students. And you just simply scroll through. You select the students that need those extensions applied to their quizzes, and it adds them over here. Then you hit Submit, and it brings you to another page where you basically say how long of an extension you need those students to have, double time, triple time, whatever it might be. And then you hit Submit, and then boom, it's done. So I went from around 1,200 to 1,400 clicks to four. Uh, and let me tell you, not only is that beneficial for us, but for those students who are registered for, with SAS, they don't have to wait for me. They don't have to wait for me to sit there and apply all of those extensions. They can get right into the course and get working right away. So it's extremely beneficial for both parties. Next is you do it. Um, you do it as John had mentioned earlier, is an open access tool. So anybody anywhere can access it and apply it to their course, but there just needs to be somebody who manages it, right? Now, you do it is great for accessibility as well. Have anybody in the room actually used it? Yeah. What it does, and so there was two people for those of you online that raised their hand, uh, you do it will actually scan and inspect your course and flag any accessibility issues you might have. 
and it's fantastic. Um, it'll literally populate a page for you with all of those issues, but don't panic about it because they actually provide an area for you to actually fix it, and it's called You Fix It. So it'll have the issue, and then it'll give you a chance to fix it. My major problem <laughs> is alt text. I always forget to describe my images in my online courses. This will give you the option to do that, and I'm a huge fan of green. Uh, and that's an issue for your students who might be uh, colorblind. And it'll help you switch colors around and things like that to make it a little bit easier for them. Now, Twitter, uh, I've been using Twitter widgets um, in my online classes since 2008. Um, John and I started doing research on communication tools with students. And we found that the Twitter widget was pretty effective. So the Twitter widget effectively gives students the option of either having Twitter, which many students usually are followers, can follow you and get course updates, or if they prefer not to join Twitter, the widget on my homepage here will actually give them the updates. They just have to go to the class to get it. It's a great tool because um, most students do have a Twitter account, um, so it makes life a, a little bit easier communicating with them pretty immediately. Now, <laughs> this is the most simplistic of the LTIs or integration tools that we have, uh, they're basically just action icons, which you see here, here, and here. I like to use these in my courses to give students a heads up of what they are going to expect out of a module. So in the, basically the module content info page, I will actually put action icons with what they need to be doing in that module, and they can actually scan through it at the beginning of a week and go, okay, I have an assignment, I have to search the web, I have to do a discussion post. And they basically recognize those icons as they're working through the course, and they can basically plan their weeks. They can, okay, I'm going to have to do something more intensive towards the end of the week, or I'm going to have to do it's a little bit lighter of a week. They can plan their schedules using the course icon, the action icon tools. Now, since we're just about out of time, um, I wanted to let you guys know that if you have an idea for an LTI, if you have something that you think would be really applicable to your course, you can actually contact um, CDL. They actually have a, a reference form where you can actually fill it out and list some recommendations. Amy will talk about that in a second. But I just want to point out that um, I'm, I quite frequently contact them with some ideas. And you can actually trial them. I'm trialing the student dashboard um, tool right now in my online class, so giving students a more intensive look at how they're doing in a course during a semester. Uh, but one that I'm actually talking to them about is doing a more in-depth way of tracking students. Because uh, right now it gives you just summaries. And I want to know exactly when they clicked on something, what time it was, because inevitably students are going to try to use the internet malfunction as a crutch um, to, <laughs> to have an excuse to not turn something in on time. And we need effective tracking in order to call them out on that, essentially, and, and make sure that they are you know, being accountable uh, for their own education in that way. Um, so with that, I'm going to pass it back to Amy. All right, great. Uh, and so we wanted to leave you, again, with this, the, uh, the, the opportunity to follow up. If you go to this website, dl.ucf.edu slash LMS, it's going to take you to the website that will have this recording on it, as well as some resources. Um, and one of the uh, forms that's on that is for, it's called Curious About Integrations. If you have any questions, you'd like to learn more about any of the things you just heard, you fill out the form and a real human will contact you and begin a conversation with you about that. That's for the UCF faculty. 
Uh, everybody, though, will get a follow-up email after this with the recording, and you will get a link to that exact form. So um, uh, I'll, share, I'll share that with you as soon as we get the recording ready. So if you would just like more advice about it or if you want to know if it's right for you, there's a form for that. There's also a form called Request an Integration. If you've heard of a third-party publisher and you're curious about it, you're not quite sure how to get it in your course, that form is available as well. And if you have any uh, suggestions for a new one, we are all ears. Again, I'm going to funnel you right to dl.ucf.edu slash LMS, and we'll have a follow-up email with links to those forms if you'd like to fill those out. Everybody's welcome to. All right. So now we are to our Q&A period. First, we'd like to ask uh, if there are any questions from the online audience. And Beth Nettles is moderating that, and there are none. So we're going to uh, conclude the recording of this session, but please stick around for an extended Q&A session with the face-to-face -face group. Online audience, if you are logging out, please click on feedback form and give us some feedback about the seminar. We greatly appreciate your time.